were you just talking about? Oh, that I'm your healthcare mama. <laughs> that wasn't what we were just talking about, but yeah, but we were talking about then that. We were talking about something about the mob. Why are we? So oh, you were about the mob? you were asking, asking what a made man was. Oh, because no, 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 I went and got went a haircut. You went to a place called Made Man, which is not sponsoring this podcast. Right. I went to a barbershop called Made Man Barbershop, mm-hmm. and I got a haircut, which I was complaining about because you have to put your payment information in ahead of time to mm-hmm. book online. Because they want to ensure that you're actually going to show up. And I and don't not want take to be required to show up. T- what? Yeah, I mean, no, you make no, an no. appointment. No, 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 you make an appointment. You need to be there. But I went in, and there's just a row of barbers, and they're all sitting there, and then it was me being like, hey, guys, mm-hmm, what's up? Mm-hmm. Infuriatingly, the one person that I booked with, because it made me select a barber, I don't know these people. Yeah. So I just pick one at random. She is the only one with somebody in her chair. That's why she needed you to confirm online so she could manage her time. So I could have to wait? I mean, I would have preferred to walk in and be like, hey, you, or you, or you, or you, all of you guys just sitting there Mm -hmm. waiting for someone to wander in and say, help me, my hair is too long. You can cut my hair. You are so demanding. I love it, though. (laughs) I think the the bouge has officially infiltrated you. No, I'm not bougie. You are. You're like, I want to walk in. I just want to pick. I don't want to wait 15 minutes. I don't want to I don't know these people. It's not like the odds of getting a good haircut are better with one or the other. I don't know who they are. I know. I'm just saying. I'm a made man. You don't treat me like this. (laughs) (laughs) You treat me with respect. (laughs) Oh, because you didn't know what a made man was. I did. Well, there's a many different ways to be made, apparently. Yeah. Because when the cops figure out that you are in the mob, you've been made. But I'm saying when the cops know that you are a mobster, they say you've been made. You can be made by the cops, but usually you get made by somebody you're following. Right, okay. So that's how. So you're following, you're tailing somebody. Yes. And then they quickly dip down a side road, and you're like, like, oh, shit, we've been made. Yes. And then you have to step on the gas, car chase ensues. But when you're a made man, Mm -hmm. that's elevated status within the mafia, Mm -hmm. is my understanding, Mm -hmm. based on all the Al Pacino movies I've seen. Yeah. There's lots of ways to make a made man. I'm Francesca. <laughs> Patrick. And this is last name basis. <laughs> she made that pun like 20 seconds ago. From Brick Radio. <laughs> I know, you're not getting off the hook. And you tried it again. It sucked the first time, it was no, worse the second you time. Loved it. All right, play the theme song. <laughs> Before corners in a triangle, why we keep it 100 tie optional? With a person from a dance to acting on the screen, you know who it is, man, it's well, Jessica Lee. He's a lawyer, she's an activist, and you're tuning to them live, this is Last Name Basis. You ready? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Let's do a little bit of goings on about Brooklyn. Brooklyn, Brooklyn, what the hell is going on in Brooklyn? This technically is not a story about Brooklyn. Yeah, why is it in this section? Well, I felt like it was topical, things going on in the world, so it could technically be Brooklyn. I don't know. It's a very loose <laughs> qualification for goings on about Brooklyn. That's usually what we okay, talk about things you know that what? happen in our okay, lives, you know what? on our block. No, listen. We on will, these streets. Okay, do you have anything other than you are a made man? <laughs> that you think qualifies for goings on about Brooklyn? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do, actually. Oh, what is it? I got health care. We were talking yes! last time about the health care struggle. I'm your health care mama. I did. I got it I'm through France. I'm your health care mama. 
all of the ailments, I think we discussed this last time, all the ailments <laughs> no, that you, you cause in my life can now be treated. You know, list some of them for the bot. <laughs> Patrick sent yeah. me a text and he's like, yo, I'm going to get this checked out. I'm going to get this checked out. I'm going to have to cough and turn my head to the side. I'm going to do all of it. I did. I did. And I, I was like, I, I'm going to get blood work. I'm going to turn my head and cough. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a finger in my butthole. Mm-hmm. It's going to be healthy. <laughs> it's men's health. You know, mm-hmm. it's just the fact of life. It's yes. something that happens. Nobody enjoys it. We encourage you to take the necessary precautions to ensure your prostate health. <laughs> and guess what? Patrick's going to be able to do that I'll with the help all of, that. of the Writers Guild of America insurance plan. Here's the thing. I didn't know that we were both going to qualify because when you're a part of the union— I work in the biz. There are minimum requirements for you to be able to get health insurance, and I narrowly made them this year. (laughs) I was like, you know, call like emailing and calling and being like, did I make it? Did I make it? Please, I want to keep my health insurance. So I thought I wasn't going to make it. Yeah. But guess what? You did it. She worked. Because I gave her a hard time about not working W-O-R-K because she was too busy working W-E-R-K. But she can do both. She can multitask, She, she used this as proof that she actually did something this yeah, year. Yeah, it is proof. <laughs> <laughs> it is proof. I made the minimum required amount of salary this year on my multiple mm. writing projects. Count them. Huh? Usually there's a number when you say count Well... <laughs> I'm going to say it was like three. Okay. <laughs> okay. Was, Multiple technically is two and up. So. Yeah. So I did it. I did <laughs> that. And <clears throat> you have been blessed as a result of the hard work that I did this I year. I am very lucky because being self-employed, my options are very slim. They're mm-hmm. like, do you want health care that's affordable in New York? Okay. Are you dying? Then we can't help you. Mm. And if you are dying, they're like, well, there's 10000 bucks up front, and after that, we'll start helping you pay yeah. for your death. Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore. No, I don't. Because apparently it's good insurance, still. It is the best insurance. I went to the dentist, and my dentist was like, girl, where do you work? This insurance is lit. And I was like, is it? What is going on? He was so impressed by, like, the wealth of coverage options. You know what I mean? I went yeah, in there. Yeah. I got teeth cleaned. I got a cavity <laughs> filled. I was just, like, making it rain yeah, up in wow. the dentist's office. It was wonderful. And the Writers Guild of America uh, is the reason for the season. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Um, I don't know if you know this, but last time I went to the dentist, I didn't have any cavities. Mm. And it was the first time I went in, like, four years. And you know what's funny? And afterwards, you thought they lied to you. You were like, I think this is wrong. I, I think did. I have cavities. I did think they lied to me. But you also went to some busted-ass mall dentist. You didn't even go to <laughs> was a dentist in the mall. That's my health care options. You didn't go to a legit <laughs> dentist. You went to a mall dentist. Let me just clarify, no shade to anybody like, that goes to the mall dentist, but I will uh, say you were yeah. the one who questioned their qualifications because you said, I've seen my mouth. But have you seen? I know. Have what? you seen the inside of a mall lately, though? Like, all the indoor malls are like slums now. Yeah, they're, they're like closed apart. up shops. There's trash. It's basically like a back alley dentist with a roof. It's because Amazon. It's all the online shopping. No one wants to leave their house. No one wants to put pants on. 
It's just too damn convenient. Yeah. So no one goes to the mall anymore. I went to like a slumlord dentist. Well, believed. but then I went back to another dentist. To be fair, mm -hmm. and they confirmed that I didn't have any cavities. How? That one was legit. They I had a real know. office. Mm. They had a real dentist chair. The other one had like foldable lawn chairs. You mm. sat in. It was. It was. It was awkward. Yeah, I still think that they lied to you, but it's okay. You just want me to have cavities. You know what? It's fine. It's okay if you don't brush I or floss a, regularly all, enough. First of all, I do brush and floss, but mm. what I wanted to say is I'm a woman of the people, and people get cavities. That is such I'm a not, stretch. I'm not above it. Right. We've had them. It happens mm. to the best of us as proven. <laughs> you are the best. In Christ yes. pose again, yes. Fran. <laughs> Every time you do this, you start doing this, you, your arms go out like you're some sort of saint. <laughs> Or some sort of angel. <laughs> some sort of deity. <laughs> I'm just saying that the fact that I have gotten cavities, if you are listening on the bus, uh -huh. on a train, right. on a plane. You don't have to list everything, Fran. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter where they're listening. Move on. <laughs> All I'm saying is that if you are listening and you have also uh -huh. had a cavity, right. or maybe you think you might have one, I want to let you know that it's okay. I've been there. Uh, I've overcome. Okay. I have great insurance that helped me move past oh, yeah. the hole in my tooth. Mm -hmm. And you can do it too. That's all I'm saying. If they have WGA health insurance. <laughs> I'm saying that if you have, yeah. if you think you have a cavity. You don't really sound like you're helping anybody. I'm not, I'm trying to offer encouragement. Uh, I'm not physically Push through your them. cavity. <laughs> I'm just saying there's no, 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 no. It's not even about that. It's about the stigma. Uh -huh. And I feel like you were passing judgment and perpetuating stigma oh, I see. I see. against people who have had cavities. No, not people, I, just you. Well, I am a person of the people. <laughs> I am, in many ways, the every woman. Mm. I'm every woman. It's all in me. Do you know who sings that song? Yeah, man. Ooh. Oh, uh, wait. Hold on. Come on. Dude, this is I know a good this one. one. You know what? Here's the thing, too. This song was remade. Mm -hmm. So you have. Two opportunities okay. to get this well, song. If it's remade, this song. No, no, no. I'm saying like you could then, get the original yeah. singer, or yeah. you could pick the person who remade it. Don't you dare look it up. <laughs> Don't. My, my internet. You're still not, not gonna get it right. Because you don't even know. <laughs> That's right. I did. I googled about Selena, and then I got the wrong Selena. I, know. I posted a picture of her. Oh God. <laughs> okay, so you're not gonna guess who the song is. We haven't done this in a long okay. time. Okay, I know, but every time it's so embarrassing. I'm everyone. Whitney Houston. Woo! That's who remade it. I'm so proud of you. It's a Shaka Khan song. Oh, see, you, I would have You, I you, know, you only know who Shaka Khan is. Yeah, I, I kind of no, do. You don't. I, I heard it. <laughs> Listen, familiar. I know. <laughs> Y'all can't see, but when Patrick's eyes narrow, he's lying. <laughs> All right, look, oh. we're going to move on. You've never told me that before. I'm really, that's good information. Now I'm going to look around now my you're, eyes. Now you're going to like make your eyes as big as possible. Then I'm really going to know that you're about to lie. It'll be even more obvious. <laughs> Trying to resist the urge. Okay, so this is not a Brooklyn topic, but it was something I thought was interesting that there are a number of people, a growing population of folks that want to have sex with the Grinch. 
Mm. The one that stole Christmas. There are other Grinches? You know, sometimes you say, oh, that person in my office is a Grinch, mm. or like, don't be such a Grinch. Mm. All of those people technically are Grinches. Does that bode well for the office Grinch, though? I mean, is Grinch like the new sexy? Mm-mm, no. Oh, Mm-mm. okay. Because not everyone is a Grinch curious. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's great that they're getting a little play, right? If it if they get run off, if they're like, oh, I can't have the Grinch, mm. but you are a Grinch. Mm. Um, so you know what? Maybe we'll give this a well, go. Well, here's the thing. Not everybody is built like the Grinch mm. because there's a new live action Grinch film that's coming out. You've probably seen advertisements for it everywhere. They are really pushing this film. The new Grinch is built like a snack. He is <laughs> thick. <laughs> T H I C C. Does that stand for something? Is that an acronym? Did we talk so. about this before? Because I, I don't understand I don't why so. thick got Babe, two C's. Scroll down because I included a picture of the Grinch. Oh, These wow. These are just a few of the tweets. That is a big ass. These are just a few of the tweets that were but shared. It's not just an ass, though. There's like a like a visible, is that a visible butthole? There's like a <laughs> hole at the bottom. <laughs> Listen to this tweet. It says, I went to the fridge to get a drink, and I saw a little Santa suit. I peeped the ass, and I was like, damn Santa thick as fuck. Turn around, it was the Grinch. I was like, Mr. Grinch, what you doing in here with all that ass? Double checked on Christmas Eve. Hella ass. This is disturbing. People are saying very foul things about the Grinch. And this person says that he wants his lime green Grinch juice. <laughs> <laughs> Yo! <laughs> oh my God! This guy this says is... he wants to suck some bomb ass Grinch dick during this festive season. Mm, 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 mm. But this is a growing trend where people want to have sex with evil villains, including Venom, Pennywise, the clown, the clown from It. Pennywise, though, that's an actual. That's like being like, I want to have sex with the uh, the Saw villain or something like. That's and you not. You know what? I bet Jigsaw could get it. He's like, want to play a game? <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> we'll start with Twister. Naked. <laughs> it's not. It's nothing foul. If you lose, <laughs> I take your nipples. Like he just like tortures oh, you. Oh no. Whatever. You love you love that horse. I do, but I was hoping that at least in the bedroom he would have some decor. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Grinch has all sorts of stands. There's also an Instagram called Grinch Come. I'm sorry? <laughs> no. Your face. What is on that Instagram? It's like fan fiction about the Grinch. It's like drawings of the Grinch. It's pretty... Is it pretty graphic? Uh, no, it's not graphic because it's cartoons. <laughs> Fair enough. There's no, like, nudity, but there's implied nudity. Mm. There's, you know, the Grinch. Because, like, sex cartoons are covers. a big thing. Oh, yeah. I think it was in Japan. What's it called? It's, it's called, called, like, hentai. Hentai, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they use things that are, oh, like, phallus-like. Foul. Oh, yeah. Which creates this even more bizarre thing. So... Because they don't want to draw the actual act by humans, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they find ways around it, like tentacles and things like that. So someone told me, so don't quote me on this, someone told me that because that's unacceptable, what is acceptable is having sex with a big-ass monster with Mm -hmm. dick tentacles. Mm -hmm. Was it worth it? Like, did you get where you wanted to go? I mean, somebody got where they wanted (laughs) to go. (laughs) What was that laugh? I don't know. I don't know. My question for you... Yeah. What movie villain would you want to hook up with? 
Mm. I think there was definitely a moment where everybody wanted to bang the Babadook. No, I don't want to have sex with a Babadook. I'm not saying you do. You don't remember when that happened? <coughs> Netflix yeah. accidentally put the Babadook in like gay romance category. Right. And then everybody was like the Babadook. I do, gay, I remember that. Gay icon, and then everybody was like shook over the Babadook. Like it was a whole thing. So <laughs> is there any, seriously, is there a movie villain that you, and, I, and I'm saying this to you, that you can be totally honest. There's no judgment here. Oh, is this I'm a moment gonna... of us being open? Oh yeah, I'm with not... each other. I, yes. Yeah, I feel like probably. I'm not gonna judge you. Probably, um, I would go with Cruella Deville. She looks like she's got some money. Mm, she does have money. Yeah. She got money. I think she's sitting on a lot of money, and I think mm. if I do it just right, then maybe she'll leave it for me. Okay, I'm gonna say Jafar. The eyebrows do it for me. Really? Oh, yeah. But Jafar is not treating anybody well. You know that. This is the whole point of this is movie villains. Listen, Cruella DeVille kills puppies. Yeah, but I'm not a puppy. I know, but that's treating others badly. Do unto others. Yeah, you a... would have them do unto you. Right. No, and I... And so, okay. you can't judge me. I literally started this segment by saying I'm not going to judge you. And now... <laughs> I you're... never agreed to that. Okay. Well, I'm just saying, like, I am being the bigger person. The clown here. from It... I don't want to. Who fuck could the buy, clown like from it. what? But other people do. How could you possibly find that clown attractive? I don't know. Maybe it's because people think he has big clown energy. Nice. Venom would be a runner-up. For you? Yeah. Well, because he can morph and do all sorts of things. You know what I mean? Like you don't have to go to the store to buy your toys. Wait, toys? Oh. His well, suit, Venom. Oh, like toys, toy, like sex toys? Yeah. Oh, that was very strange. You were like, you don't have to go to the store to buy your toys. And Whatever like, you want. Yeah, you he can just change into it. <laughs> well, that was wonderful. <laughs> Any runner-ups for you? Mm, I could get with Maleficent. Who's that? Angelina Jolie played her in the origin story for Disney. Oh, really? She had like the big horns. Uh, I'd like to change my answer then. Because that sounds way hotter than Cruella DeVille. Hmm, great. <laughs> <laughs> what happened to your no judgment policy? Yeah, well, I think what if I unrolled a list of people I want to sleep with? Different movie villains? Oh, different movie villains that I've, I've had prepared and I just keep it on me at all times. Mm-hmm. Then how would you feel? I would, would there still be no judgment? No, I would affirm you. <laughs> you want to move into the animal corner? Let's do it. Animal corner! Michigan State University is offering their students a unique way to prioritize their mental health during the finals season by offering them cows. Actual cows? Actual cows. For $10, students can pet a cow for 30 minutes. They've done it in the past with dogs. This is their first time using cows. And they're thinking about actually opening this up to the public, depending on how successful it is. That's called a petting zoo or a (laughs) farm. No, it's only one animal. (laughs) It's not a zoo if it's only one animal. Oh, it's just one cow? No, it's just cows. No other animals. Yeah. They have those petting zoos with just goats. Really? Yeah, totally. I had no idea. Oh, absolutely, yes. I liked this story because you know what made me think of when Bart Simpson would say, don't have a cow man? Now you can. 
You can have a cow. <laughs> That's the big payoff. Something you watched in the 90s. <laughs> I, just really resonated with this you. This whole story was just a You TM. Were you watching The Simpsons all those years being like, you don't tell me what to do, motherfucker. <laughs> I will have a cow. And I will have it during finals. I don't know. I never really understood don't have a cow man. Mm-hmm. Because if you're upset about something... Like a cow? That's a good point. A cow is not. I actually don't know. I think it means like don't give birth to a cow because that would be painful. I don't think I've ever seen or known anyone to give birth to a calf Mm -hmm. because they were stressed out. No, it's highly unusual. Right. Yeah, put it that way. What I'm saying to you is don't have a cow is now being repurposed to say you're stressed, have a cow. Mm. And I think that is a beautiful, <laughs> full circle moment for the Animal Corner. And it has nothing to do with animal sex. Oh, look at us keeping it above board. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something else that has nothing to do with animal sex, but is a little less pleasant, mm. is the snipers they're using to kill parakeets in Spain. They're not using them yet, but it's been suggested. Oh, they're out there. You just can't see them. They're high, They're well camouflaged. Apparently, Spain has a very <coughs> serious parakeet situation, and environmentalists are trying to figure out what to do about it, and someone thought, let's just hire snipers to shoot them out of the air. What are you- <laughs> That seems like not dangerous, That's great. not traumatic. Right. Could you imagine? It definitely doesn't end in a military occupation. Could you imagine being in Barcelona and <laughs> seeing a bird get shot above you, and then fall from the sky? Mm. That sounds like you're going to have to roll out cows to... <laughs> to treat the PTSD. To treat the people who've been scarred by seeing parakeets murdered. Yeah, I want to know how the snipers are after all of that. Because snipers have some very specific psychological problems yeah. when they come back from a war zone. Um, because they're, you know, they see somebody up close mm-hmm. through the scope... They watch them get shot. Yeah. They have no idea they're about to be shot. It's not like typical combat situations. Right. So Just they have all, si- all sorts of special psychological problems. So I wonder if sniping parakeets would cause something similar. Well... I just think it's interesting that the parakeets are such a problem that there's not a more humane way to deal with them. Apparently, they have been dubbed an invasive species in both Spain and the UK after people bought these birds as pets Mm -hmm. and then they stopped taking care of them and they let them go. Let them go. And I guess parakeets get busy a lot. I'm not really sure, but their population has absolutely blossomed. They have over 30,000 parakeets all over the city of Malaga, and they are threatening agriculture. The screeching is bothering locals. They've got these giant nests that apparently fall from trees and are very dangerous. Oh, really? I didn't know they made giant nests. Uh, Apparently so, and they're getting in everyone's way. And they carry— Parakeets are like this big. They're tiny. Um, apparently, they're bougie as fuck. And they're like, <laughs> I want I'm a big small, house. I want a big ass house. I want three stories. <laughs> the real parakeets. I wanted three of branches Barcelona. high. It's like, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> like, it's like a bunch of parakeets like showing off their big ass houses. They also carry parrot fever. Oh my god. And humans can get it and get really sick from it. Oh really? Yes. So that's not the bird flu. 
No, it's parrot like, fever. Yeah, apparently you get the parrot fever. Ah. Uh, and then you get really sick. I don't know if And you then can... you're into parrots after that. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I don't know why, but that parrot. And you're then like, you go Yo, online. I saw, and you... a, I saw a thick ass oh, yeah. parrot. Yeah. Um, Jafar's bird. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. You're just like, God, I want that parrot. Mm. Mm, he's thick. <laughs> a little snack. Whatever. <laughs> All the slang. <laughs> that was a fantastic callback. So apparently they're still figuring out what they're going to do. There are people that have been protesting and saying that they don't actually want snipers to be introduced to kill these birds. Well, I feel like the matadors that have been increasingly put out of work mm. need something to kill. Mm. And I think this is like baby steps towards working them back into the general population. So the mat you think the matadors should kill the parrot? I think the matadors should be retrained as snipers because they've mostly gotten rid of bullfighting in Spain. Mm. I think there are a few places that still do it where it was highly traditional, but the number of bullfights have gone way down. Whole areas have banned it outright. I feel like you got all these matadors and rodeo clowns and all the people that are involved in that process. So you're saying turn parakeet killing into a production? Well, I mean, you just have to retrain them. You're a matador. You're like, okay, I have no skills that are applicable. I know mm -hmm. how to do one thing, and that's put a sword into a bull. Yeah, but you can't put a sword into a parakeet. But you retrain them. You see what I'm saying? Right, but I'm asking you, do you think that this should become like a performance, like a show? Like, I think the matador, part of the whole thing mm. is, you know, they're, they're voyeur. They like being watched. Mm, no, that's true. They want somebody to see them. It's not fun to just injure an animal so on their own town new time. new traditional sport is parakeet sniping? I don't know. I'm asking you. <laughs> it was your suggestion. Yes. No, no, I didn't suggest it. I'm asking you. Okay. No, I don't think so. Okay. No, I think you should just retrain them to go out in the field and shoot at parakeets. Mm. And what do you shoot at a parakeet with? You can't be like a rifle. I don't know. Because I think if, if you did shoot It'd him be with a, a pellet rifle, gun. the whole bird would just explode. Like, yeah. That's just so You'd gross. also shoot somebody else, and then there'd just be bullets flying around because there's 30,000 of them. So mm -hmm. if you have enough snipers shooting it. I do like the idea of like a full militia parading down the street saying like, we're here to kill your parakeets. Yeah, it just seems like a huge waste of resources. <clears throat> no, you give a bunch of people pellet guns, and then you encourage the kids to do it. Yeah, and that sounds very dangerous. And I had a pellet gun. Mm. I wiped out like an entire population of lizards. I'm just saying to you that it sounds dangerous. It haunts me to this day. And I just think that there's something really messed up about the idea of like shooting little birds. There's got to be a better way. Like... Oh, someone actually proposed introducing a bigger bird to just eat the parakeets. Yeah, but then you have a bigger bird problem. And then they start snatching babies, mm. and then everyone's like, why didn't we just shoot the fucking parakeets? Well, maybe they could train the birds to not snatch babies. Mm. I don't know. Once they have a taste for babies. <laughs> Let's move on to the science corner. Science corner! A study just came out from the UK that tested the touchscreen machines at McDonald's mm -hmm. across the entire country and found that every single one of them had poop on them. Of course. Had particles from poop. Like trace amounts of poop. Trace amounts of poop. Trace amounts of <laughs> Trace amounts of poop on this. That's like the other. Could like, they track it back to whose poop it was, do you think? I don't. Was there enough to get a DNA sample? No. Can you get DNA samples from poop? I, I feel like you probably could. 
I don't know. I don't know if you can get DNA from poop. Well, it just might be helpful for figuring out how the poop ended up on the touchscreens at McDonald's. Well, I think that the thing that they're trying to link here is that even though the machines are cleaned every single day by McDonald's employees, there are still a lot of nasty people in this world mm. that don't wash their hands, mm. and they use the touchscreens. You use the touchscreen, and then you eat your food, and you are consuming. Oh, these poop. are not the touchscreens that the people at the registers use. No, these are these those are the touchscreen touch consoles where you so order So they have your own replaced. Food. Yeah, they've gotten. Oh, that's not good. They've replaced. I was fine with it when it was somebody else, <laughs> <laughs> but now I was fine with the person who was handing me my food right. touching poop, but right. not me. Babe, trace amounts of poop are still <laughs> making present. their way into my mouth. Yeah. Right, got it. Thank you. Thank goodness you have health insurance. This is why I eat at Taco Bell. <laughs> I highly doubt. <laughs> no, it's more than trace amounts. You're like, I don't want to eat poop. I just want to poop violently, which is why I go to Taco Bell. No, I think this is very alarming. Every single machine they tested across the UK had trace amounts of poop on it? Yeah. Here's what's... Surprising to me is mm. that McDonald's allowed this study to happen. I guess they wouldn't have to allow I don't it. Even, yeah, I don't know if they went in there and announced what they were doing. Yeah, initially I thought they were the registers that were controlled by the employees. Mm -mm. But since that's not the case, I guess you could just walk into any McDonald's and take a swab. Yes, you absolutely could. What if it was the guy that was taking the swab really was just had bad hygiene? Mm. You know what I mean? You are a poop sleuth. Yeah, see, this is what I'm saying. The DNA test would make a big difference. Mm. And I think McDonald's should hire a private investigator and try to get some more facts because I you don't think, know. I think McDonald's should get their shit together. Oh. Literally oh, okay. and yeah, no, I got you. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> we need another pause. Before we started recording, we were taking pauses for all of Fran's ridiculous puns. She's so proud of them. Do you want to get up and maybe strut around a little bit? I know you do. <laughs> the look on your face when I said that they need to get their shit together. Was, you look so disappointed. I'm not mad. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> Come on, I thought that was good. And I really just thought of that one now. No, I, I didn't you. even write that one down. Oh my God. That was, just that, was like a, that was like impromptu genius. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I don't she know improvs. how you do it. <laughs> She's a writer, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so this is science E, but really it's about the effects of science mm. on scientists. So an Antarctica scientist stabbed a colleague at their Antarctica research facility for spoiling the endings of books in their small library. Wow. So they had a limited number of books, mm -hmm. and apparently one member of the faculty He's there- He's read all of them. Has read them, or maybe he was just reading them ahead of the guy that was trying, maybe he, it was just psychological warfare, I yeah. don't know. But he consistently ruined the books for the guy that the guy was reading. The scientist has stabbed him, and the scientist said, you know what? I'm done with this. Yeah, I'm Russian, I will stab you. I don't know that there's anything that would push me to stab <coughs> someone. I don't know. If you were stuck in Antarctica, mm -hmm. you had a limited supply of I mean, has leisure he never materials. Heard of Amazon? I mean, like if I was trapped in that research facility, because you go there and you stay there for like six months a year. But you could order more. 
more books, right? Like I don't I, think so. No, they don't. Amazon don't. Do no, Amazon Am- doesn't. <laughs> doesn't go to Antarctica research facilities. No, you're like, oh, that is that's really crazy. That's <laughs> up. I'm gonna stab somebody. I'm that angry. I thought this article was really funny because. Oh, uh, the article was very shady. I copied this sentence from it. It says, although he faces criminal charges in the Russian city, he will probably have pl- access to plenty of books uh, in the prison. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So at the end, he wins. He's been charged with a crime, but now he will have lots of books at yeah. his fingertips. I can just picture the, the bars closing as he finally takes a sigh of relief, puts mm. his feet up, and reaches for a book. That he know will he knows will not be spoiled. Yeah, but the shank's about to be on the other foot because somebody <laughs> else in the prison <laughs> is probably going to have eyes on him. Right. It's a very dangerous place. No, to it's be. it's tough, but I don't know. Maybe the Antarctica research facility is the same way. Mm. I mean, honestly, if I was stuck there for all that time and you like broke the ball that's tied to the paddle that you play with, I'd probably stab you. You don't have a lot of options, is what I'm saying. I just it also doesn't take much to get me to want to stab somebody. You know what? I know. I'm going to I'm going to call your bluff on this only because this is something I find so comical about you. Like whenever I tell you stories about somebody doing me wrong or like being a terrible person, you get really turned up and you I start do. going off about all the things you're going to do to fuck that person up. Yes. And they're, not, just to be not, fair, they're not usually violent. They're usually you, like I like legal actions and things like that. No, but sometimes but you never do any of them. You're like, oh, fuck that person, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And then like, we see them, and Patrick's like, hey, great to see you. How you doing, Bo? No, You're such that's a not nice, true. No, you are a very that's not nice, true. loving guy. Mm-hmm. I've seen you in action. Mm-hmm. I don't believe for one second that's only that it's, you it's only partly true. I should say that's only partly true. You're not gonna stab anybody. I don't know. I never threatened to stab anybody. You either. just said two seconds ago that, that if someone a... took the ball from your paddle, you might stab them. Because under I'm... those circumstances, I would be really upset that I had nothing to paddle ball with. And I'm, that's saying, what I'm saying that's a lie. I don't know, man. You're not a stabber. I don't know. I could be. Well, it's something to work towards. You know what? New, it's about you know to be what? the New Year. It's the New Prove. Year's now. By the time this airs, it'll you know be a what? new year. Prove it. <laughs> it's on my list. New Year's resolution. Stab somebody. Have you seen that meme? <clears throat> it's from like a local news. And they put up a quote. And it says like, local man says to thief, what are you going to do? Stab me? And then he <laughs> stabs him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's probably what happened in this Antarctica situation. <laughs> what are you do? Stab me? He wasn't even holding a knife, nothing. He was just like, he went and got a knife, came back, stabbed a scientist. I think I can do it. I, I'm going to interpret every positive message differently from now <laughs> on. <laughs> Don't think about it. Do it. You know? <gasps> Done. See you in prison. They get all the good books. Okay. <laughs> are you ready to move on to the next corner? Sure. With some fucking pennies. There's this nine-year-old boy that allegedly helped repeal a ban on throwing snowballs in Severance, Colorado. Mm, Severance. Yeah, he's a third grader. Mm-hmm. His name is Dane Best, and he got all this media coverage because he went into a town board meeting and said, "There's a law on the books, and the law is it is illegal to throw a missile or fire a missile or launch any sort of missile." within the city limits at basically anything. Mm-hmm. They didn't know if that applied to snowballs, but somehow he got it in his head via something somebody said that a snowball technically is a missile, right? Mm-hmm. 
Um, there had been no precedent to determine whether or not that qualified as a missile such that it was illegal in the town. Old law, been on the books forever, stayed on the books. Were they actually enforcing this? Against snowballs? Not to my knowledge. Okay. I don't think anybody cared about snowballs. And then the kid shows up. He does a whole PowerPoint presentation for the town board. A third grader did a PowerPoint? Third grader did this. Wow. And then he got an official recognition that snowballs are not banned by this particular law. Wow. And then he became this big star for having changed the law in this little town Ooh. against snowball fights. His premise was snowball fights are fun, and I give him credit for this. We need everything that we can get to get kids to play outside. I liked that angle oh. that he had. Um, but otherwise, he was just like, snowballs are fun. Please let us throw snowballs. I don't think the law should apply to this, or we should change the law. And then he, and then he does something like, 24 television appearances. They gave him a gift card to buy a snowball-making machine. Wow. Yeah, they just gave him, like, a plaque. They gave him, like, a key to the city. I don't know. They just were, like, just heaped praise on this child. And I don't know why, but it bothered me because... I am bothered. As this human interest story and this, like, cute little human interest piece has, like, real-life consequences. And and the first consequence is going to be this. Mm. When he returns to school from Christmas break, if there's snow, he's going to be attacked by, like, an army of fifth-graders with snowballs. Yes. And they're going to call him a snowflake. And they're going to pelt him until he's beaten into submission, mm. and they're going to make fun of him. Mm. And that's not going to be good. Next, he's going to keep going to town hall meetings thinking he's somebody because he said this quote. He was like, it doesn't matter how old you are. You can have a voice. You can change the law. Yeah. He doesn't realize he didn't even, like, actually change the law. So so I just want to be clear. You really want to – it's your mission to take this third grader down a peg. Yeah, no, he needs – I'm going to put him know, back to, like, kindergarten. You know, Matt, son, <laughs> you think you actually did something? You ain't done shit. I mean, I appreciate his effort, and mm-hmm. I appreciate including but children you want to just in make the sure process. That, you just want to make sure that he knows that he didn't actually do anything. I, I, no, no, I, I no, just, I'm, I'm here for it. No, I just think he's not going to, this isn't going to work out the way he wants it to work. Because he's going to go back in with his next Power presenta- PowerPoint presentation, and eventually the town board is going to go like, listen, bro, I have to, I have to kind of remind you of this now. Like, you're still a kid. Right. And please stop showing up and doing PowerPoint presentations. I just want him to put his energy into something that matters. Like, this is a lot. To throw some snowballs? You know what I mean? Like, there's real shit going on in the world. You know, what about people, like, throwing their gum on the sidewalk? Shit like that. Littering. Why is his focus on throwing things at other people? Well, I mean, I don't blame Instead, him for wanting to throw snowballs. Listen, I, th- I just don't think there's anything stopping him from throwing snowballs. Well, there's not anymore because he made this whole big hullabaloo about it. Yeah, but I mean, I, I'm just saying, like, if he's, he got he did like 24 interviews with TV stations mm-hmm. and then like podcasts and everything. What's going to happen is it's going to go to his head, and then when he doesn't get invited to go on Ellen. He's going to end up with a drug problem. Oh, no. He's definitely going to be on Ellen. Uh, he hasn't been there yet, and this isn't a brand new story. Mm. Also, I feel like he's going to end up going to politics, and all of his sponsorship money is going to come from, like, the NRA. Oh, yeah. No, I bet he's You know what I mean? Like, this is this is like a, a slippery slope, and it's not going to work out well for this kid. It's not going to work out well for this town. It's just not going to go as well as everyone thinks. So what would you like to see happen, Patrick? Mm. Oh, that's a good... How about... Snowball snipers. Mm. We'll just shoot them out of the air. <laughs> so we'll have someone who shoots a gun at your snowball. 
in order to keep it from hitting someone else. Correct. I love it. Yeah, it works. It's a flawless plan. <laughs> anyway, that's my two cents on that. I recently saw an article that was all about a Yale psychiatrist who studied how people's devotion to Trump mirrors the same emotional patterns that you see in young children. Mm -hmm. This, like, blind devotion, this idea that, like, when you critique something's, someone's behavior yeah. or you, like, present them with real facts about it, they double down mm -hmm. on it, and they're just like, nah, and they'll put their fingers in their ear. Oh, God, I've seen that. That is actual behavior oh. that is present in five-year-olds. And so I thought that this was just, like, a really interesting... I've seen a few of these takes. Mm. It's just really interesting to me that one of the things that they talked about is that this is something that people in times of stress normally do. Right. And so there's some kind of interesting correlation between the way Donald Trump makes people that are not fans of his feel. Like they make mm. us, it makes us feel very stressed. And so we're like freaking out. But that's the exact same feeling that like his supporters are getting and they like, love and enjoy it? It's there, like really, it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of sadistic in that way. Well, okay, and one of the things that this guy points out is that that five-year-old response is this sort of effort to just, to, to latch on to some figure that is almost a matter of hope. It's almost like a matter of, well, you appear to be this strong person that's mm -hmm. got some leadership. So I'm just gonna believe in you. So I'm gonna like go with that. you believe in yourself, so I'm gonna believe in you. Because, and the way I read it, he didn't say this directly, but it reads that like somebody is desperate enough to need to put their faith in somebody that appears to have the leadership abilities and specifically this, the raw power to accomplish something and protect them. Mm -hmm. And they pointed out that the impetus for that is usually or currently fear or some sort of socioeconomic depression. Yeah, and well, and that's kind of the thing that they were linking to. This is a normal response in humans when they're under stress. Exactly. That like when in times of fear, or, or you know, you're like worried about stuff, you're more likely to act in a way that's irrational, mm -hmm. and that this is now a prolonged state for the people that are fans of Donald Trump. Right. So like they're literally under extreme duress, and that's not to say that they're not responsible for their actions, but it's just interesting that we can link their behavior to people who are going through really tough emotional times. Like healthy emotional people only act this way when they're like stressed out. The one thing that this person didn't point out in this, which I think is implicit in here, is that if you look at the people that support Trump blindly and like wholeheartedly. Mm -hmm. they, they come from a variety of socioeconomic backgrounds, but they tend to be white. Right. They tend to be more male than female, but a large portion of them are white females. Mm -hmm. uh, and they don't necessarily tend to be poor uh, or uneducated. I don't know. I, I mean, I don't know if that's true. I, most, no, a lot there, of I, that I've, I mean, I've, I've seen, seen a lot both ways. Yes, I've seen stuff about college educated people mm -hmm. and middle class people, but I've also seen stuff about a lot of lower middle class people, like the people that are showing up to these rallies that he's always having. It's sure. largely a lower middle class population. It's yeah, not college educated folks. I don't know. I don't think so because I, 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 you're right. I've seen that's not like a criticism. I mean, no, I know. Like, I've just, seen numbers that go both ways, but my point ultimately is this, they're primarily white people, mm -hmm. but this sense of panic that has them acting so irrationally, where does it come from? Some of them actually are in dire straits 
and they're acting irrationally, and then they're acting against their own best interests when yeah, they promote somebody I mean, who's not going to help them on I those mean, fronts. Like Donald Trump promotes a lot wealth of gap, racism like that. and xenophobia, and it's literally playing on the fears of white people of like, oh, the Mexicans are going to take our jobs, right? And the that, Muslims are going to bomb our schools. And that's my point: is that the thing that this article doesn't say is that the people who are in this state where they're so terrified that they're able to be manipulated, mm -hmm. that they act so irrationally, are responding largely to fictionalized fears. Fears that are manufactured. Yeah, I mean, I As opposed to fears that are that are real life problems that they would work to fix. Well, I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I don't think that the article not zeroing in on that is like a negative reflection of the author. I think this article was more about the psychology of putting blind faith in someone that like on every level is someone that you should not have faith in. Right. And so I definitely think there's been a lot about the manipulation that's at play when it comes to making these people fans of his. I just thought it was an interesting. Yeah, but not in relationship to the psychological effects right. no, of no, that no. manipulation. Like, right. so, so this is just about the psychology of it is what I'm saying. It, right. I think that they just zeroed it on one thing and sure. that's, that's why it's not about multiple angles here. Again, I'm not talking about the article, I'm just talking about from my perspective. But my point is just that I think it's fascinating that the thing that is getting this fear response is something that is really not an actual immediate threat to mm -hmm. these people. Mm -hmm. Somebody might need a job, they might not be able to pay their rent, they might have a child that doesn't have health care, they might have a child that's sick that doesn't have health care. People healthcare. love a scapegoat. And, and I agree, but it's not just about scapegoating, it's also about creating fears that aren't necessarily actual real-world fears. Yeah, I mean, they did it with the, like the migrant caravan that right. recently became. But don't you think that that's, that's all a, the news? That's a that's <laughs> scapegoating. That's like creating a fear and blaming something else that's like not the actual cause of the fear. Uh, yeah, I think it's part and partial of the same thing because you have to have some sort of notion of an effect on the person before right. they can actually be afraid of it. Because I mean, no one's like, oh my God, people are invading Jupiter. Like, it's not, we don't live on Jupiter. It's not a big deal. Right. What I'm saying is that, like, there is a fear, a fear mm -hmm. of, like, I don't have a job, right? And that's a real fear. Like, people are afraid that, like, industries are are leaving the United States, that, mm. that certain industries are no longer profitable. So like that's a very valid fear. Like I need a job, how am I gonna pay my bills and support my family? Sure. The scapegoat then becomes undocumented immigrants who are not stealing, quote unquote, anyone's job. They're being given jobs by people who want to not spend as much money, right? So that's a scapegoat. That it's it can still be a valid fear. And even like the idea of terrorism, like I don't think we should be blaming one specific group. Like I mean, historically, and, and even now, we're seeing like this huge rise in like white nationalism, and that's who's perpetrating a lot of these terrorist attacks in our country. So the idea of like being afraid for your safety is a valid fear, but then the scapegoat becomes Muslims. That's mm -hmm. what I'm saying. That like sometimes you can have a valid fear, and then we have someone like Donald Trump who's manipulating those fears and scapegoating brown yeah, people. Yeah, I, I agree, but the fear is always valid because these are like regular life fears, right? Like, you are you safe? And the question is like, you know, how many people have died from terrorists that aren't domestic terrorists on our soil? Not, Not that many, many in the scheme of things. Yeah. 
the fear is like for your safety and everyone's afraid for their safety and everyone's afraid for you know, or concerned about how they're going to pay for something if they're not so wealthy that they've never had to worry about it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's scapegoating, but I think we're saying the same thing in that front. The fear is actually manufactured, and I think that's that's where I was going with that. So, mm-hmm. like, who should you be afraid of? There's got to be somebody, and it's got to be a person or a group, and it's got to be somebody that's not you right. because you can't be afraid of yourself. And you have to have your little social network. So, okay, these brown people, mm-hmm. are, you should be afraid of them. Yeah. Enough to create such a fear response that then you can get people to act irrationally, bringing it back to the whole psychology of it. Yeah. I mean, about. I think what I was just going to say is that what's frustrating about it is that you can't even explain to these people the truth because they just double down on it. And that's kind of what this is about, this idea of like them acting in a way that like five-year-olds act. Like when you tell the kid, no, you can't have that candy, mm-hmm. or like you need to go to bed, they double down on it, and they just like refuse to accept reality. And that's exactly what these people are doing, which then you know, begs the question, what do you do to fix it? Like, mm. is there any way of getting through to these people? And that's something we've talked about on the podcast a number of times. Yeah, we have. And we've circled around it because I, I genuinely don't know what the answer is. Because if someone is going to be so resolved in believing <laughs> lies, and then for some strange reason believe that the lies are worth believing in because the person who's lying to them is so resolute, you know? Like, that's what this was about, too, that, like, no matter what people throw at Donald Trump, he doesn't care. They right. look at that as, like, a sign of strength. Right. So... It's about winning as opposed to accomplishing anything of value. Yeah. Sure. So then, like, how do you get through to those people? And, it, and again, is it worth even trying? I, well, I, you have to, yes. Yeah, it's, to answer the second question, you have to because they're a large enough portion of the population that it's they're essential effectively. I'm not saying like you shouldn't be concerned about them. Right. I'm just saying I don't necessarily think it's worth the effort of trying to educate because this information has been readily accessible forever. There's a lot of information about his policies, his history that's been readily available that like people have been talking about forever. And that if there are people who are just unwilling to acknowledge the truth, is I don't think it's worth your time to continue trying to beat them over the head with the truth. I think there is one making it easier for people to vote. You know, we the past elections we've seen there's been so much voter suppression that I do think that like we could have defeated Trump if there you know wasn't as much voter suppression if election day was a holiday so like more people could actually vote and doing the work to kind of educate people who are in that kind of like ambivalent I'm not really sure if my vote matters I don't actually understand politics I think that that population is significant enough that they could make a measurable change I'm not saying that no one should try to change the mind of people that support Donald Trump but I kind of think studies like this and just my own personal observations seem like it's kind of a losing game. I disagree for two reasons. First, when I was saying that before, I wasn't saying that you as an individual or anyone as an individual should keep continue banging their head up against a wall if that's what they're met with. Mm-hmm. I get that. I'm not saying that any individual should take that on or take the time to deal with people face to face or engage in these in these conversations online with people who are clearly not going to change their opinions or, you know, whatever. But generally, we do need to concern ourselves with changing their opinions overall. 
But how do you, but and, that's and, what I mean, how, how does that happen? And then your second question was, I think, how do you do that? Right. And I don't think it's by talking to them directly because that's shown that that's not necessarily very effective. On the other hand, though, in some, it's a, it's a slow I'm process. Sure, I'm just not sure what the alternatives are then. Well, for instance, you were talking about voting, right? So if the vote was more and the you know, foreign influence, which had a big effect on the election. So, I mean, without those things, the outcome could have been different. If the outcome was different, then we wouldn't have some a group of people that were as heavily able to fearmonger the way they are now. You see what I mean? And then you don't have this response because you don't have people being quite as stressed as they would have been if, say, somebody else was elected. You see what I mean? So I think that, you know, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head when you said if we take care of the process by which we vote and we get the right result for the popular vote or for something that's reasonable and, right. we, and we don't allow foreign influence for, like, this confusion that it caused and the polarization that it caused just prior to the last election, then maybe we will get to a place that's a little more moral and reasonable and rational. That's one thing. But I do think that the conversation generally does sway people ultimately. I think the decline in Trump's popularity is due to the fact that people are kind of seeing through his bullshit. A lot of members, lifelong members of the Republican Party have switched parties now. And every time somebody does that... But I just think it's... A, I mean, I don't <coughs> disagree with you. I guess... They should that, have done it sooner. Right. I think the thing that really bothers me is that it only happens when someone sees personal consequences for themselves. And so, like, I... It's part of it. I, I think so. It's like my, you suddenly... You don't like him because you realize, oh, somebody I care about is going to get deported. Oh... You right, know, there are a bunch was, of those stories. He was going to give. We thought they were going to deport them, and they deported us instead. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Those stories, or or stories about jobs, or stories of people's health care, where suddenly they're realizing, oh, this actually affects me, not those like scary brown people that I don't right. actually know. That's the irrational decision that they made, bearing fruit for them. Right, exactly. But mm-hmm. what what I'm saying is. For me, it's hard to feel any sort of optimism that that's what it took because there are so many issues that are very important in this world and and in our political sphere that will most likely never affect me. You know, like we have health care. We do now. (laughs) Getting that finger right in the... No. <laughs> I love that I'm excited about that. That's what cracks me up. Like, I am a grown man now. Mm, I affirm you. <laughs> no, I mean, like, whether it's health care or, you know, us being natural American citizens, mm-hmm. like, there are lots of things that I won't ever have to think about. Sure. But that doesn't mean that they're not still important to me and that I want to support policies and candidates, it's just like a lack of empathy. And so like to see that people's minds are changing, I'm just kind of like, great, too little, too late. Like I wish that you had had this perspective two years ago yeah. when it actually mattered. Better late than never, I guess. But mm. I don't know, it's just frustrating for me. And it's it's hard, again, for me to be optimistic in those situations because there are still swaths of people who might never feel the effects or repercussions of Donald Trump and his policies. And so they probably are just going to continue doubling down and resorting to this five-year-old mentality that this article is talking about. Right. Because I have seen a lot of people 
who are, were Trump supporters, even if they're not willing to admit that they were wrong and go, I'm reformed, then I'm I don't terrible. Think, then I don't think that they've made progress. It's a journey. You don't get from point A to point B without hitting every point Listen, in between. I'm not right. I so agree. the fact that they're moving in that direction is significant. Yeah. And I know some that voted for Trump that are like, yeah, that was a big mistake. Yeah, and see, I think you and I are very different in this respect because one thing I love about you is that you are very empathetic and you try to see all sides, but I'm very much of the mind that, like, I'm not going to hand out cookies for somebody two years later realizing that they made a mistake when the signs of the, of the mistake were fucking hitting them over the head from the fucking jump. I agree, and they're not getting cookies. They're just, I'm just acknowledging that that, shift because it's significant, at yeah. least in an anecdotal it could, sense. It, right. It could be. That's not Schrodinger's cat. It could be. You are totally misusing Schrodinger's cat, but that's The okay. whole idea of Schrodinger's Just cat was that there's Schrodinger a box. Just leave Schrodinger out of this. There's a box with a cat in it, and the cat could be alive, yeah. or it could be dead. I gave this you, is a situation where— I gave, you, I gave where, you, like, the the really super cliff notes on that. Right. And, I mean, you could have Googled it. But wait, it, wait, it wait. Might be, but did I—was I wrong, though? It, the cat could be alive, or he could be dead. That's what you told me. I did. Okay, I did. so that is the same situation here. It could be significant— <laughs> For that person, right. and it might not be significant. I don't think that I, I don't am think choosing it's the same. to say that yeah. I don't think it's significant yet because I need to see action. But it's that's not my point. enough to okay. say. So if this was Schrodinger's feel... cat, then you haven't opened the box yet. You see what I mean? No, because guess neither what? one of us have. No, because the person has not shown me what's in the box. You look at the box. Is and that you Schrodinger? Say, who's who? supposed to show you who's, who opens the box? The person who voted for Trump oh, okay. has not shown me what the fuck is in the box. They just showed me that they voted for Trump, and I don't know that they've changed yet. I have to see actual action. Please tweet us with the hashtag last name basis, <laughs> or you can tweet last name underscore basis, or tweet us individually at Cheska Lee. That's I optional. And let us know what you thought of this episode. I'm Patrick. I'm Francesca. And this was Last Name Basis. From Brick Radio. (laughs) (laughs) Last Name Basis is hosted and produced by Francesca Ramsey and Patrick Condes. Our executive producer is Sasha Mathias, and our associate producer is Emily Bogosian. Our audio engineer is Onel Millette, and our videographer is Curtis Boone. And our show is recorded at Brick House in downtown Brooklyn. For more information, visit brickartsmedia.org slash radio. listening on the bus uh-huh. on a train right on a plane you don't have to list everything for co- <laughs> like it doesn't matter where they're listening move on <laughs> all i'm saying is that if you are listening and you have also uh-huh. had a cavity right. or maybe you think you might have one i want to let you know that it's okay I've been there uh-huh. i've overcome okay i have great insurance that helped me move past oh, yeah the hole in my tooth, mm-hmm. and you can do it too. That's all I'm saying. If they have WGA health insurance. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying that if you have, yeah. if you think you have a cavity. You don't really sound like you're helping anybody. I'm not, I'm trying to offer encouragement. Uh, it's about the stigma. Uh-huh. And I feel like you were passing judgment and perpetuating stigma oh, I see. I see. against people who have had cavities. No, not people, I, just you. Well, I am a person of the people. <laughs> I am, in many ways, the every woman. Mm-hmm. I'm every woman. It's all in me. Do you know who sings that song? Yeah, man. Ooh. Oh, wait. Hold on.
Don't you dare look it up. Don't. Nah, my internet. You're still not, not gonna get it right. Cause you don't even know. <laughs> That's right. I did. I googled. Oh God. <laughs>